Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with Doreen Coyne, the current president of the Richmond Hill Garden and Horticultural Society. Welcome, Doreen. Uh, thanks, Marge. And thanks for asking me to participate on, on uh, behalf of the Horticultural Society. You're very welcome. Let's start by telling us a little bit about yourself, including how you got involved with the Hort, as it is a called. Well, I worked in the computer industry for 44 years, and the last 27 of those were with IBM, uh, well, Canada and IBM US doing marketing. I've lived in Richmond Hill for 40 years and can really appreciate the upgrades in the buses, the city roads, the city, you know, the, the new bus services getting us to the subways faster and all the excellent access to the 407, 400 and 401. Just before I retired, my husband passed and I needed something to do that would get me out of my own head and out of my house. That is why I started going to Hort meetings. Oh. And later that year, I was actually asked to become a member. I had been going as a guest and join their board of directors. So that's how I got into, into it. Okay, I like that. Very good. Okay, so what interests do you have in gardening? Like, do you have a huge garden in your backyard? No, I have a medium garden. My son has a vegetable garden in it. My uh, front yard is a haven of 200 plus tulips in the spring, all different colors blooming at different times, and uh, and then all sorts of perennials after that. But what I really like about gardening is understanding how each plant, what it needs in order to grow, i.e. each of them do require specific soil conditions, different amounts of sun or shade, different amounts of water, amounts of fertilizing. And I particularly like flowering plants. My favorite is actually not one that's in my garden. It's in my living room and it's my mom's. It was, uh, she had it for 30 plus years and I had got it when she passed 15 years ago. So it's over 45 years old and it's a Christmas cactus Mm. and it blooms consistently twice a year and just brightens up my living room for the winter. Oh, I like that story. Very, very nice. Okay. Let's, can you tell me a little bit about the history of the Horticultural Society? Like I, it's been around for a while. Well, it has uh, over a hundred years since 2014 or since 1914. But actually the roots of the society were established by wholesale rose growers in Richmond Hill, John H. Dunlop and William Lawrence. On April 6, 1914, some 50 people gathered in at someone's house and they formed to dis- they discussed have to uh, forming sorry about that they discussed forming a horticultural society and they first defined a mission and then they founded the club the same night had 25 members join within a few minutes the 
the entrance fee was $1. And <laughs> by April 21st of the same year, they had 44 members and the rest has gone on to keep, and the club has gone on to keep growing. Their initial goals were to beautify the village, to increase local interest in flowers, fruits, and vegetable growing. And you know what? Those are our goals today as well. Mm, very good. No, wow, it's amazing history that it goes back yes. so uh, so so long ago, like well over a hundred years. That's amazing. So, um, and you still there's still a lot of members. I I should admit I am a member of the Horticultural Society. I am not a great gardener, but I love the I I love gardening. I love getting out there, and I love doing things. So. Can you describe the monthly meetings? Uh, sure. Nowadays, we're actually running hybrid meetings, which for those who might not know, that means we run both online meetings and an in-person meeting at the very same time. We have all the equipment set up and uh, we run out of the McConaughey Center. So this really has an added bonus, though, is it allows people to join in even when there's bad weather. And it allows those who are concerned with driving at night to get on board and be a part of the meeting. And during COVID, we got we had several people join us who are not Richmond Hill residents, and we want to keep them because they're enjoying what we're presenting and what we're doing and they're learning. And, and some of them have actually signed up and are helping on our committees mm. over Zoom. Uh, we do have a lot of what people might call contests or different things that happen during the meetings. We always start with a land acknowledgement. We have announcements. Um, then we have speakers. But... Diff and then we have door prizes. Every meeting we have door prizes and we tend to, you know, people tend to be very appreciative of getting them. But in May through October, we also have flower shows that are going on and being professionally judged. And these are shows where members bring in their plants, their flowers, their vegetables, their fruits. Uh, there's a little schedule each month and they are judged and there are trophies awarded at the end of the year. This year, we also have a photo contest and the winners will all be announced and all entries will be shown and displayed during our holiday celebration evening. So I try to make these activities more fun than competitions, shows, not competitions, so that everyone, no matter their skill set, feel encouraged to, to join. And it's worked out well for our photo contest. We had 126 entries. Very so that good. was really good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing those photos. So yeah, and I'm glad you've called them flower shows rather than contests because it's, you really aren't that competitive. It, it is just so nice to see the, the plants, the vegetables and be amazed yes. and inspired rather than this competition. So that's yeah. my goal too. <laughs> yes, I like that. Okay. Now you wanted to know about programs, I think. I think I'd be interviewing mm -hmm. like to know what is our program? I mentioned we have a speaker. Our speakers coming up are going to be really interesting. The first one in February is Wolfgang Bonham. And Wolfgang actually took us to Mexico last year. And that was an exciting presentation. This year, he's talking about creating spaces that resonate with an idea of peace, love, and landscaping. And that was a book he wrote, actually. But it's why some spaces resonate with our souls and how to make sure we create our own to do that as well. I think that'll be very interesting to understand that. Yeah. In March, we've got Jonas Spring, who's talking about hardscape plants. And this is sort of something different for urban areas these days. 
And then in April, Sean James, Sean James, which is another speaker who is really quite well known, he's talking about growing gracefully, and he's talking about the exploration, uh, and well, the evolution really, and the creation of plants, uh, gardens that seeds, seedlings, and grow into maturity, and how that changes them. So, growing plant, the the plants are growing gracefully. <laughs> And then May, we've got uh, Helen Battersby. She's going to talk about designing with edible plants. What can you do at this? It's a new trend, actually, for some, and we thought we'd have that one in. In June, we've got Kate, Bre Bre I can't pronounce, sorry, Bruitt and Terry Lauren. And they're from the Iris Society. So they're going to tell us everything we need to know about irises. Hmm. In July, we'll have Harold Hutner. This will be different, and I think it's really a really good idea. He's going to talk about garden photography. Don't you know that a lot of people who have gardens also like to take pictures of what's in their garden? So he's going to give us tips and techniques. So that'll be really – and whether you use a camera, an iPad, a telephone, a cell phone, it's, it's going to cover it all. That'll be a good one. So that gives you an idea of what's coming up. Well, I am so looking forward to all of those speakers on February. I may be away in Honduras, but I could, uh, I'm, I'll zoom in and listen to it. So, uh, wow, it's excellent what you have. And I, yes, I'm one of those uh, people who love to photograph my garden. So the last one, I might certainly <laughs> tweak my interest as well. And uh, the membership is not expensive. I, it's only two, 25? It's 20 for 20, an individual and so thirty dollars for an individual for one year, yep. but if you buy two years, it becomes a total of fifty. So it yep. goes down by five dollars a year. That's what I was thinking. Okay, so and we also have family memberships for you know um, people live couples with their older children or younger children who live at in the same address. Yes. So yeah, no, it's a it's well worth it uh, for an indi like individual. You get a lot out of it. But you're also supporting such a great organization as well. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like the Horticultural Society does so much for the for the town. And one thing that you do is uh, you have this Richmond Hill Blooms. Well, the, the city has it, but I really feel it's a, an initiative by the Horticultural Society. Yeah, Rich Richmond Hill Blooms is... Um, it's quite an interesting group. They are, uh, we've, we've actually been participating with the city for this for many, many years now. In 2022, we actually did the shortlisting of all the nominations, something we don't usually do, but we also did the normal in-person judging in all the wards, which, which the object of which is that it gives the score so they know the city knows what the top three gardens are in, per ward so they can uh, hand out uh, prizes etc which they did this past September yeah so um, there are some beautiful gardens around town I don't know how you score I don't know how that decision to, is made to make ones better than oh another. we actually Just have um our head office, the Ontario Horticultural Association, actually has runs judging schools. And from the judging school, they've provided um, interesting information that would be for anyone who is doing um, judging of, we call it front lawn recognition in general. 
And the, those same rules are what we use to judge when we do the in-person judging. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's a very, it sounds very worthwhile. It's a, it sounds fair, but it also sounds very interesting. You mentioned the Ontario Gardening Association. I believe that's what it's called. What, how else is Richmond Hill Garden Horticultural Society associated with the Ontario Gardening Association? Well, it's like I like to use um, a thing like a business or a church even where you have, uh, let's say, an example of a church or any congregation or group. You have your local building and congregation or in a business, you have the local office. And then at a higher level, you might have a regional office, just as churches do as well. And then those regional groups, we call them districts in, in the horticultural group, those districts all are then uh, overseen by the head office, which in our case is called the Ontario Horticultural Association. Okay, so Ontario Horticultural Society, uh, Association. Association. Okay, OHA, I've seen O-H-A. that. OHA. And um, its website is called uh, Garden Ontario. So, <laughs> so people okay. think of that word as well, like, you know, Garden Ontario. Okay, I like that word. Okay, I will put that uh, website up in our podcast notes so uh and and what we do with them actually is is this they give a lot of direction and guidance as to what we could do should do like like the rules and regulations when you have flower shows the rules for judging photos etc and for front lawn recognition but they also provide other information right now yesterday actually they just put in um they just put up a podcast online that you could watch, which is on cybersecurity, helping keep your 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 own personal computer, cell phone, et cetera, uh, without, you know, get the spams and recognize what's happening, what what's a scam and what's not. So that's going to be interesting. So they do things like that. They've also just had a, now put in a few fundraisers, a quarterly 50-50 draw, very regulated and according to all rules. Uh, they've also put in an online auction and most recently an 18-month calendar, which starts for January. Beautiful with tons of gardens, as you might imagine. Yes. So we participate, our societies participated in all of those. And we even trialed a new program that they had for this year uh, for tree planting, where we could get six-foot trees for about 20 bucks. Hmm. And then plant them in your your yards your gardens whatever or you know if we do it again maybe we could you know the city might be interested even who knows so the money is not for their profit though it we are non-profit organizations and registered charity at the oha level the money's raised because we provide scholarships and the oha also provides scholarships grants and awards and youth programs and that helps those things continue along. So so that's a really good usage of the money, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the Richmond Hill Garden Sunshine Rose? I will admit I have two of these rose bushes and they, they are worth talking about. Oh, for sure. Historically, Richmond Hill is the rose capital of Canada. We were one of the first big cities and first, that was, a, that was the industry back in the 1800s of growing roses in Richmond Hill when it was when it was just Young Street, uh, you know, probably dirt road with a railroad track where <laughs> the GO train station is now. So it is an important part um, of our 
of our history of, a, of the city, really. And our club decided that developing our own rose would align well with the city's history. So we contacted a nursery in Niagara area and worked with them and, and asked, told them what we were looking for. And they developed a new rose just for us, the Garden Sunshine Rose. It's a yellow rose and it does make a person smile when you see it in bloom. We originally ordered some 500 of them to be grown and we sold them to our members, the public, and very pleased that the city was really uh, wanting them and put them in a lot of the big uh, garden displays you see around. We then increased that order about four years ago and got another group. And it takes a while because it takes two years to get to a point that you can actually grow the plant, that actually the plants are ready to be planted. And we've just placed this past winter, before the winter started last uh, fall, we placed another order for several hundred. So we should have those probably at the May 2023 plant sale. Woo. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. I did give some of the gifts and it, they were so well appreciated. So that is great that this, there'll be more of these beautiful roses around town. Yes. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about the some of the gardens that uh, the Hort members look after? Like these are town properties, but yes. uh, they, you guys, I've I see you out there. Uh, well, we, we work on a few. Four that are sort of more known to the public than others. The Millennium Garden is one of them. It's at the south side of the parking lot at the Mill Pond. It's mainly and it's mainly native plants, and it's really uh, pays homage to native plants. The McClatchy Garden is on the north side of the Richmond Hill Center for Performing Arts, and it boasts a lot of peonies that came directly from Gladys McCat McClatchy's own gardens. And Gladys is a very interesting, or was a very interesting person. She was a very long-term member and supported the society in a very large way with projects and everything one might think of. And therefore it is, it is an honor of her that it was first built and it's still a beautiful garden and the, the peonies are just gorgeous. The Heritage Center Herb Garden is the third one. It's on Church Street by the, you know, the, the Heritage Center at the backyard. Now it's a little bit different. It's a unique design. It's a giant circle divided into quadrants and each quadrant has growing different herbs of various kinds. So it's only herbs and it's not necessarily the ones you might use in your kitchen. There are some of those, but it's some of the more interesting herbs so you can get to understand what they look like, what they're used for. And that's a very, that's a very interesting one. People are usually there several days a week uh, maintaining it. The last of the four is Hill House Hospice, which is on Wright Street, of course. And our teams go out three full days a week to keep the, the, the plants and the beds of the plants looking beautiful for the residents at the hospice and for anyone who wants to wander around and look at them. We've developed um, the gardens in both the backyard and then more recently the front yard as well. So it's been a lot of years and they, they look really good actually. We also, which a lot of people don't know, is we have a small group who participates weekly in the Forster Community Garden. Now this is along with people who are not Hort members, but it's a great idea. They grow vegetables and all of those other, all the vegetables are donated directly to the food bank. Mm, very I think nice. this, this year was over 120 pounds were donated. Mm. And of course we do, we do, we grow all our plants for the plant sale at the greenhouse that's attached to Alexander McKenzie High School. And over those years, 
we've increasingly been working with students and their teachers in the greenhouse to show them how to start a plant, help them start a plant, help them learn how to maintain it and grow it till it gets to the point they can take it home and plant it. So that's been quite rewarding for those in the greenhouse as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your plant sale is a very popular event and I, I believe a very a good fundraiser as well. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. So that, that's not till May, but it's something that you need to get there early to get a good selection. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's one of the positive things happening in, in around town. So that, that's great. Uh, I did want to mention the weekly gardening tips that uh, you write or present. Uh, I know you have other people sometimes writing for you, but you do do most of them. And they uh, they go on my uh, the website, onrichmanhill.com website. So uh, they're so interesting. I so look forward to reading them each week. It's amazing what the information that you gather. So I certainly encourage people to look at them either on onrichmanhill.com or on the uh, the Richmond Hill Garden and Horticultural Society's website because they're they're well worth uh, looking at. I've looked back at certain ones, so uh, yeah, it's uh, you've been focusing on different types of grasses, and I'm uh, like, what yeah. are you going to? I'm wondering what are you going to be doing next. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's it's always um, I always try to plan a little bit ahead, but but yes, I do like to cover a lot of topics, mm -hmm. and and I get the ideas because I'm a novice gardener in my humble opinion. I'm not an expert. I actually she grew up on a farm so I know more about vegetables perhaps mm -hmm. but but what I've been doing over the last what two and a half plus years is it seems to me more people want to learn how to grow have gardens and specifically to grow vegetables so I added a series on how to grow them and added another series on how to freeze them like what do you do mm -hmm. if you can't eat them all let's have them in the winter too because that's mm -hmm. an that's a real win um, and then I look at some of the problems in my own gardens and therefore can write something about how can we remedy this and does it work? Like, I'll try it out and see if it works and let you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's been useful to me as well as to others. Yeah. Uh, and I have some spots that are very shaded and some that are very like partially shaded around the edge of the pool and some that are so blatantly hot in the sun. And I have one area that's soaking wet. We've actually built which which is called a, a Dutch drain, and it's it's helped a lot, but it still has a little dampness to it. But you know what? Writing that's why I wrote a lot of the articles to say what works in those kinds of areas, and what how much moisture can some plants take? Because I have actually found plants that can live in my little wet area, and they love it. They're happy over there. So I've learned myself on about things that were wrong and how can I work on them or what different plants I would choose. And then I report on them and that's what I've been writing the articles about. And other articles are more seasonal in nature perhaps. And those are always, a, you know, something I enjoy doing as well. And I've really appreciated it when some of the other Hort members could contribute an article because it's a lot of work. <laughs> yes, it is a lot of work. I contributed one on Jerusalem yeah, so yeah. I and I had fun doing that. Uh, but I, I did want to ask you too about this. Um, you know, I believe that more and more people are uh, really taking a keen interest for some really good reasons, uh, growing their own vegetables. 
I agree with you. I think definitely people are more interested in specifically in vegetables. I think COVID reminded many of us and taught some others that growing your own food really does guarantee that you've got more nutritious food that's because of it's in your own backyard. It doesn't have any pesticides or sprays or anything on them. So we can we can get that and feel more organic growth and at a very low cost. A package of seeds is a couple of bucks. And this is and you can harvest your own fruits and vegetables to make new seeds for next year. You don't ever have to buy them again. So and there's articles on that. <laughs> but I think it, it, it's it's something people have lost. And I mean, having grown up on a, in a farming area with a giant, giant, giant vegetable garden for the house. Um, that's something I did every day of my life from about five years upwards is working the gardens. And then in the fall, you know, yes, my sister and myself, we were in the basement with my mom, freezing, canning, uh, pickling, anything you could do with food, we were doing it. And we had a 20 cubic foot freezer in that basement that was totally full and shelves that were totally full with 52 cans of, or sometimes a hundred and some odd can or jar, yeah, cans like jars, mason jars of tomatoes ready to go with whatever you wanted to you know make a casserole or spaghetti or whatever although back in the day like we didn't have pasta so much but but it was all down there it was all my job was um doreen go down the basement and get this one this one this one this one and this one because they needed them for the next meal and i would go down put them in my little bag and bring them back up again (laughs) yeah so i think it's it's something that you know, when I was a kid, we didn't buy any of that kind of stuff in grocery stores. Not until I was in, you know, grade 12 and 13, did we buy things in grocery stores a little bit more. And, and, and nowadays, I think people are sort of opening up their eyes and going, how do I make my dollar more effective, especially with grocery prices going up? Well, growing it yourself is a big way to do it. And you can already put herbs in right now in your house and you can have fresh herbs. And uh, my son was very uh, articulate on this. He said that, like, he said, did you and dad ever grow vegetables in the backyard? I said, oh yeah, we had an asparagus patch. We had this, we had that. We, we grew all of our own potatoes and tomatoes, et cetera. And I would freeze them for the winter or the potatoes I would keep. You know, there's a way to store potatoes, very specific way to store things, root vegetables. So he had them for and apples until you, until they're good enough until the next June. So he, he just went to the backyard and said, can I take all the grass out of here? And I said, yes, you can. And he built a wonderful vegetable garden. He's it's his garden. Mm-hmm. He doesn't live at my house, but it's his garden in my backyard. <laughs> I like and that I love story. to see him working out there. It's really, really rewarding in my own heart. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I think we do need to reflect back. Like, what did we do uh, a couple, a generation ago? Yes. We we're self-sufficient. We didn't need to uh, have all our fruits, uh, fruits and vegetables uh, flown in from Florida and California. Exactly. We survived. And uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen a, a hundred canned large mason jars of peaches, then tomatoes, 
Then <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I yep. won't tell you the rest, but the list went on and it was all in the, we actually back home, we called it a fruit room, but okay. uh, there you have it. Everyone's yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. No. And a lot of our root vegetables will last uh, throughout mm-hmm. the, se- the winter season. So I think we need to rethink what we're doing. So Yes. Uh, the Horticultural <laughs> Society makes you do that. So it's yes. a, not just a, a group of great people getting together. The meetings always, there's just so many people there. I believe you start them, well, there's a sort of an informal time at the beginning because there's such a need to connect with other people. Yes. Uh, and I'm I'm very glad that you, you do that. So Okay, we could talk for a long time, but I think we will end this. Uh, we may do it again in the spring. But uh, all right. I do want to end this podcast with a question I ask all the guests is, can you name one thing you really like about this community? Well, yes, I can, actually. I really love that this community of Richmond Hill and the greater York region, I you know, as well, offer so many interesting things to do, whether you have some cash or a budget set aside for such things or you're really on a tight budget trails for walking and biking Mm -hmm. free entertainment at the performing arts center and the the mill pond Mm -hmm. for with concerts all summer long featured performers if you're into seeing the greats which i've enjoyed tremendously at the richmond hill center for performing arts and plays at the curtain club all various holiday celebrations that are happening usually at Richmond Green or at the Performing Arts or other places in the city. There's a fountain of really exciting entertainment, which can be at no cost or a small cost, unless you prefer to go to the big ticket items. Good for you too, because they're all excellent. I've been to all of them and support all of those groups. And I think that's such a bonus for living in Richmond Hill. Very good. I like that response and I will. I agree with you there. So yeah, there's so much to do. Okay. Uh, thank you again, Doreen. This has been so good chatting with you. Enjoyed it. And uh, happy gardening, even if it is November. <laughs> My sinews are still growing. Okay. <laughs> thank you for inviting me to join and share information about the Horde. And, and do let, I do want to let people know that you don't have to be an expert gardener to be a member of the Horde. You just have to be interested in them and want to learn a little bit more about them. And all of our people are really willing to share. A lot of the work we do, which is volunteer work for the community, is allows you to work on those projects, develop friendships with people who also have an interest in plants and stuff, and you get a tremendous amount of learning if you want it. So we welcome everyone, novice to expert, doesn't matter your skill set. Very good. That's a great way to end this podcast. So again, thank you, Doreen. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marge, M-A-R-J, at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.